Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J. Hello, Jamie J. Back with Culture Eats Strategy, talking with Jonathan Kaiser. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about five things that can get in the way of living out your true values. But but we got some context before we get into that, because I really want you to know who Jonathan is. And before I go into his bio, I just want to let you guys know, if you are going crazy, I don't care what kind of business you're in, you're just, you're missing appointments, you're staying up late, working late, uh, your wife, your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends are missing you because you're missing those events on the weekend because you're working it might be time for you to think about hiring a virtual assistant. <laughs> this is my shameless plug. Of course, in full transparency, I own the company Bottleneck uh, Online and Bottleneck. We want to help you stop the bottleneck in your business. So if you want to learn more, go to bottleneck.online. But that's not the reason we are here today. The reason we are here today is because I really want to introduce you to Jonathan Kaiser. He's got some incredible things happening. Um, completely impressed. Um, and... He's the inspiring founder and thought leader behind Kaiser, Arizona's largest commercial real estate brokerage firm. He has more than 18 years of experience in the industry, and he excels at designing and implementing unique solutions to complex real estate challenges. Under his guidance, Kaiser has become one of the fastest growing CRE firms in the country, largely driven by Jonathan's disruptive focus on selfless service. I love that. Selfless service as the key to success. Because of this selfless service model, it resonates with corporations and individuals seeking a competitive edge to acquiring and maintaining clients. Now, Jonathan's living out his passions of inspiring selfless service in others through his book. You don't have to be ruthless to win, as well as from the stage speaking to thousands of professionals at industry and charity events across the nation. Jonathan is here today to share his journey, mission, and selfless service model to empower each of us to succeed. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a little humbling to uh, to hear those words read about me. But uh, one clarification: there's some behemoths in the commercial real estate brokerage industry that have offices here. So we are not the l- largest commercial real estate firm in Arizona. We're the largest tenant-only occupier services firm of our kind in the state. Just to make sure we're being authentic and real here. Ah, perfect. Thank you for the clarification. And and I do have to apologize. I'm not too familiar with the commercial in, real estate industry, but I can't wait to hear a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and 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 maybe provide us with some with some context before we really jump into our conversation today. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's an honor, and you have a great show. And. Um, if I need that virtual assistant, I will give you a call. <laughs> um, <Woo-hoo. laughs> so so uh, the thing about me is, is I try to be as authentic as possible. And I used to be the most ruthless, cutthroat, commercial real estate prick in the world. I would lie, cheat, and steal. I would basically do whatever it took to be successful. 
Now, that's not how my parents raised me. I was raised to love and serve and give and help. But all I saw was my parents being poor. And I had this idea of not wanting to be poor. I was so sick and tired of feeling like the poor kid because I was the poor kid that couldn't afford all the things that everybody else had. So early in my life, I decided deep in my psyche that I was going to be successful. So uh, when I was at UCLA, where I went to, went to college, um, my favorite professor talked me out of what I thought I was going to be doing, which was being an attorney, because I always knew attorneys made money. So I'm, I'm going to go be an attorney so I can make some money and uh, convinced me to do something different. I stumbled into commercial real estate brokerage because, again, a friend of mine said, you want your own private jet someday? This is how you're going to get there. And I said, me, my own private jet? Yes, I'm in. Okay, I want to do this. I got into commercial real estate and I realized really quickly, wow, this is a ruthless industry. Everybody was scratching, clawing, fighting, and, and backstabbing. And I said, okay, if this is what it takes to be successful, I'm going to do that. And because I'm a little bit of an overachiever, I became more ruthless than most. And while I was successful at it, I hated it. I hated who I felt I had to be to be successful. I felt misaligned with my core values. And honestly, I felt trapped, Jamie. I felt like I felt like I wanted the money. I wanted the success that came along with commercial real estate brokerage. But I hated who I felt I had to be to get that. And so fast forward 15 years ago, a, I go to a, an event and a speaker gets up and he starts speaking at the time about something that sounded crazy. I thought the top, the topic I think for the session was networking. So I thought it was just going to be another, you know, interesting session around making connections. And what he spoke about was a different philosophy that I'd never heard of a philosophy around success through service. And I was so blown away by it. I went up to him afterwards and I said, is this real? I mean, is this just some shtick you say to sound cool on stage or are you really creating success for yourself? by helping others succeed. He said, no, this is real. This is how I've done it. And uh, laid out the roadmap for me. And my, my question to him was, if this works so well, why, is, why are there not more people doing this, right? Why, why are people behaving so ruthlessly if there's another option? And he said, because it takes too long. And I said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, it'll take you about five years of, of really working this hard to be successful. So I decided right then and there, I said, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to, I'm going to recreate myself because I was so tired of feeling like a slimy car salesman. Apologies for any good used car salesman. <laughs> um, and I decided that I was going to reinvent myself and I was going to focus on how much can I serve versus how much can I manipulate and sell. And that was 15 years ago. And it took me a long time. You know, I went through, it was, it was a brutal long road, Jamie. It was not for the faint of heart. Um, and everybody lost faith in me and I was broke <laughs> beyond broke. But on the other side of that, I had helped enough people where people started to refer me business. And then that started a new process of going from kind of laughing stock at my last firm where we thought I was nuts to top producer. And then realizing in an epiphany moment in 2012 that I had stumbled across a principle of success that had been hidden for millenniums in plain sight. And that if I could show other people that even in an industry as ruthless and cutthroat as commercial real estate brokerage, if you could create success, financial material success through selfless service by helping others succeed, then you could do it anywhere. And so 
I decided to leave my old firm, leave, left millions of dollars on the table and uh, launched Kaiser, which has been extraordinary um, in its success. And so today, as I launched my book, we the focus is building a billion dollar organization of completely reimagining and reinventing the commercial real estate brokerage world. And we've also launched the Kaiser Institute to train and empower the next generation of selfless leader. And we're going to be certifying both individuals and organizations around this idea of culture. And I love the title of the show because to bring it all back around, we've built our organization on 15 core operating principles that defines and we our culture and we hold our each other accountable. At the end of each day, I send out an email saying where I was and was not aligned with the, with our guiding. Oh, wow. And so, you know, there's, 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 there's radical transparency there for the organization, but I'm not alone. I mean, that's, that, that's the culture of what we built. So yeah. my book, you don't have to be ruthless to win. The, the quote from Peter Drucker is the first quote that I quote, which is culture eat strategy for breakfast. And so again, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me on and look forward to this conversation very much. Well, thank you for kind of going over some of the background. Yeah, it's an honor, privilege to have you here. Um, one thing before I, before I jump into some of our conversations today, you said you decided 15 years ago, it took you a long time to get there. What were some of the things that you changed or, you know, maybe one or two things that you sure. changed? That's easy. So what ahead. I used to do before was I was a salesman, right? And what do you do if you're a salesman? You pick up the phone, make sales calls, try to sell people on getting a meeting. And then you go in that meeting and try to sell them on hiring you. In commercial real estate brokerage, what my firm does is we help companies with their real estate. What does that mean? Well, we help them lease space. We help them buy buildings. We help them dispose of assets. We help put, you know, strategies in place to help them align their real estate with their business. We work with companies all around the world, helping them with their real estate uh, strategy. And so for me, it was instead of selling, I, ins I instead threw that whole business plan away and I got involved in the community, Jamie, and I just started helping everybody that I could. And I mm -hmm. asked them all the same question or a variant of it, which is, how can I help you? And at first people were kind of like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? How can I help you? And I would say, well, there's got to be things in your world, which if someone who had connections and, and, and knew a lot of people could help you with that might be useful for you. And so people started giving me, you know, well, I guess, you know, my kid, he needs an internship this summer. And so I would take that as like the most important task in my day. And I'd go help this kid find an internship and the, and the parent would be blown away going, wow that's unbelievable. What do I owe you? I said, no, what I'm doing is I'm my, I believe in a business model of if I pay it forward long enough over the long term, it'll come back. So I don't need anything from you. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. If you have any other needs, call me. And so over time, once people realized I was sincere, um, I started getting floods of calls and emails, as you can imagine, and texts from people saying, Hey, I need this. You know, I would help them help people find doctors I would help. The most common thing that I did was either help uh, other business leaders get better connected. That's probably the number one. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to be better connected. And just because you have, you know, 10,000 Facebook followers does not mean you're well connected. Um, and so I would, I would make personal connections for people. And I'd also help other people get business. So you can imagine here I am in a sales business 
And instead of selling commercial real estate, I was out creating relationships and helping other people. And that's why it takes so long. I, he likened it to hunting versus farming. You know, I have a, I have a lemon tree in my backyard here in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it, when it was young, the thing gave me nothing. Right. And it was kind of, it was kind of fragile and it didn't produce any fruit, but I planted it. I watered it. I nurtured it. You got sunlight. And over the years now today, it's so big. It's almost obnoxious how many lemons I get off. <laughs> I can't do anything with it. And what he told me is he said, what most people are out doing is they're like hunters. They get their, you know, gun off the wall and they go shoot a piece of meat and they eat it. And then they go do the same thing the next day or the next week. And he said, what we're doing in this strategy is creating long-term sustainable relationships where you really go above and beyond and you nurture these relationships by service, by helping them. And over time, you create success. So when I'd asked, how long does it take? He said, five years. That's almost exactly, Jamie, what it took me. It took me right about four and a half years and so I, until I started getting significant referrals. And that became really exciting because even I was starting to question whether or not, I mean, Four and a half years sounds like, oh, okay, it sounds like a decent amount of time. When you're living it every single day, having everybody it's say- It's a long time. <laughs> and it's never going to work. And you're broke to show. And your wife's like, hey, um, you know that whole thing called revenue? That might be something we want to focus on. <laughs> and are you sure this is really going to work? Because right now we're broke. But I could just feel it. I could feel that it was working. And so over five years, I paid it forward. And then the the um, the the- the gifts and the referrals and the people uh, reaching out to me came back in spades and my business just exploded. And, um, and so today we've built an entire organization around that same exact model. That's fantastic. I really love that you did that because um, one thing that I kept thinking, one word um, that takes time to yes. build is trust. And yes. so because of this networking, the relationship building that you're doing, um, you can't expect someone to totally 100% trust you in a no. day, in a week. And if you do, you're doing it for the wrong objective anyways. I mean, that was the hardest part for me. If you, if you really boil it down, at first this started out, let me, let me be really candid. And for those of you who really want to read the real rough, raw story, my book, I've been told, I don't know if it's true or not, but a lot of people tell me it's one of the bravest books, books they've ever read. I mean, I am self-scathing. I describe the dirty underbelly of the commercial real estate brokerage industry with me being the chief villain. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, what really matters is relationships, right? And so for people that are listening to this and thinking, oh, this is just a bunch of hogwash, you know, this is nonsense. I, trust me, I used to feel the same way because I didn't see how it was even possible. And for those of you out there who are looking for a short-term hit, this is not it. This is not the instant gratification play. If you're looking for, I mean, five years is an eternity. Now, our model has made it so that people that join our firm experience success quickly. But for someone who's just looking to reinvent themselves, you have to have the long game in mind. You have to be thinking about long-term sustainable success. The best part for me is when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to go start over and create something from scratch. I have all the acts of service and all the people that I've served and loved. Now, I got to continue doing it, but they're already all out there and they're mm -hmm. out for me for opportunities because they appreciate so much what we've done. And that's the magic of it. It's, it's once the tree is thick and big and, and once the, the lemons are falling off of it, unless you kill that tree, 
it is just going to keep producing. And that's the benefit of that long-term sustainable relationship development. And the only way you'd really develop trust is by helping other people, not trying to sell them, but to serve them. Yeah, I love that. And continuing with that analogy, that the roots that are in that tree have really, really grown deep. So you, it's, it's really hard to uproot that tree or, or whatever the case may be because it's there. So yeah. Kaiser, awesome. Kaiser is there. So when someone comes on, the roots are there and, and there's an, I, I would, I would, I would maybe think that because they're associated with the roots of Kaiser, all of a sudden they take on those trustworthy traits, right? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I, the other thing I would say is the culture of service is intoxicating, mm-hmm. not only for the individual, but for those around us. Right. So when people come to the whole idea of the Kaiser Institute started with people walking through our office, our headquarters and saying, this is unbelievable. I didn't even know this was possible in commercial real estate. How are you doing this and how can I do this in my own company? And so we created the Kaiser Institute to train and empower the next generation of selfless leader, not to just say, hey, you, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, Jonathan, we already know that you're supposed to help people. So what you don't really have a unique message. My message is not a should. I am a hard-hitting, practical business guy, right? And what I'm trying to say is super simple, which is we all kind of know that you're supposed to do the right thing. If you don't already know that, you've probably not been raised very well. So if we already all kind of know this, and yet we live it in our personal lives, we live it in our social clubs, then we get into business, we put on our tough suits, and we go fight, fight, fight. Why doesn't that same knowledge, understanding, and skill set transfer? And what I believe is because people don't think it's possible like I used to. So the whole point of all this is to say, look, if, if, if me and our team, a crazy group of people, crazy committed, crazy connected, if we can create success within one of the most ruthless industries in the world by just helping others, so can you. And that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Culture of service. It's the culture. It's not our tactics. And we have really good tactical business plans, goals, et cetera. But that's not what makes us unique. We have 15 core operating principles that we built the firm on that creates and sustains the culture. And every day, at the end of the day, I send out an email letting people know where I missed the mark, where I wasn't one of our core operating principles, and where I did hit it, right? So it's accountability to that as well. And then within the book, we describe three levels of of reinvention, which is how any individual and organization can reinvent their organization or Mm -hmm. their organization from the inside out. So what... What are some of the things I, you know what, I want to kind of switch because what I originally was going to talk to you, I, I, I don't want to go in that direction anymore. I, I, it'd be fascinating, but why? Okay. A good friend of mine, Christopher Lockett, who is the author of a book called Play Bigger, which you would probably love. love. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. Well, he's the one that told me to start doing this show and uh, this podcast, I'm sorry. And, and he is also coined, he, along with one of his uh, good friends, uh, coined this phrase called radical generosity. And he talks oh. about this. And oh. I think it's fascinating. Um, so what, with, it sounds like you give back a lot. There is some radical generosity, but what makes yeah. you different? What makes your culture different that, than all these other uh, CRE firms? Sure. So for those of you who are not inside the commercial real estate industry, it's probably less obvious than someone who 
walks in from one of the big four and says, oh my goodness, you guys are unbelievable. First of all, the traditional commercial real estate industry is extraordinarily cutthroat. So what does that mean? That means if you're a broker at, at just pick a firm, I won't pick on anybody. ABC. <laughs> if you're a broker at ABC commercial real estate brokerage, everybody around you is your competitor. It's not like you're all carrying the same card rowing, you know, rowing together in the rowboat to, to, you know, accomplish big things. It is a shark tank and it is a feeding frenzy. And everybody in there is pretty much, for the most part, 100% commission. So now imagine you're thrown in this shark tank and you either swim with the sharks and bite first or you get trampled. And that's the experience of most people. And so, you know, they're... And I talk a lot about it in the book, but I mean, hoarding and guarding your information, taking important phone calls in your car, um, trying to listen and overhear other people's leads, um, convincing potential or current clients to do things that may or may not be in their best interest just because it makes you more commission. For example, if you convince them to do a longer term lease, you may make more money. So Maybe it's the worst possible thing for the tenant to sign a long-term lease, but the broker talks them into it so they can make a bigger commission and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And so that culture of hyper-competitiveness, of backstabbing, undermining. I mean, I have a friend who had a, had a client and her partner, literally her partner in the business um, had to cover a meeting for her because she had to go take care of her son <laughs> and he goes to the meeting, brings his own resume and tries to convince her client that he should be the lead on the project because if he was the lead, he would make a higher percentage of the commission. And here she is trying to take attend to her, um, to her son in the hospital. So it's a, it's a, it's a ruthless cutthroat, take no prisoners looking over your shoulder I mean, everybody's experience is different, but but I've had hundreds of commercial real estate brokers reach out to me saying, oh my gosh, Jonathan, my experience was the same, or man, you don't even tell it like as bad as it really is, or maybe my experience wasn't quite as bad as yours, but it was really bad nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is kind of the industry norm, and there's always exceptions, but that's the industry norm. And then here you have us, and here we are focused on love and service. We operate as one team. We all help each other, right? We don't punish mistakes and you go, we're a family and we serve. And so you go through this and you go, oh my goodness, you got, you know, it should be this way. Why is but it? You have, you have people on your staff that are helping. Like if someone needs help, support on a deal, they just go in and support them. No no. Help. It's not that complicated. It's like, it's like I say all the time when I speak on stages, we all know how to love. We all know how to serve. We do it in our families. Why do we forget all those things when we go into business? My personal opinion, I'm not saying I'm right, but my personal opinion is we don't see a path. We don't think it's possible, Jamie, to actually live that way in business and be successful. And I'm here to say that it is. And I'm proving it in one of the most ruthless industries in the world where we've created a culture of selfless service. So we have literally hundreds of brokers that reach out and say, I want to be part of what you're building. 
I love what you're doing. I love what you're about. When are you launching in my market? Right. We're just, we're just starting to do our national expansion strategy. And so we have people in so many different markets going, Hey, when can I launch Kaiser pick the market? Right. And then you have companies think about it from the company's perspective. You have all these tenants. When I say tenants, I mean, occupiers built uh, companies that, that need space like this for their business but they're not in the business of commercial real estate mm-hmm. and, but they need to have space so their people can work. So those companies are used to the fact that commercial real estate brokerage, is just a ruthless industry. So can't really trust my broker, but it's just the way it you is. Got no choice. Yeah. Got no choice, right? There's no alternative. And so we bring that alternative to them. And then there's a lot of other companies out there that are saying, man, I don't need commercial real estate. And I certainly don't, you know, I'm not a broker, but man, I wish I had that same kind of service within my organization. And boy, could that do wonders. And if you could show me how selfless leadership could actually create success, because my whole message is not success through service so you can feel good. It's success through service. They're tied together. So the more success as an organization we have, the more that we prove that you don't have to be ruthless to win. Hence the title of the book. Love it. I love it. Absolutely love that. So um, I'll switch uh, gears in just a second. So sure. when you're bringing on, when you're expanding and you're bringing on new uh, team members, is, is that what you call them, team members? Do you have a specific? Yeah, we, we, we call them members. We don't have any titles here. Members. So we have roles, we have responsibilities, but we don't have titles. So members is the, is the term. I'm a member. Fantastic, fantastic. Sometimes I'll say I'm founder, but, you know, we don't have all those cheesy, I'm better than you. I mean, one of our, one of our principles is no team member superior to another. And so we really live that here. Oh, fantastic. So when you're talking to a new potential member, um, what are some of the things that you um, ask them? What are some of the questions that you ask? Great question. So first and foremost, I'm always, Jamie, always looking for cultural alignment first. Let me say that again. Cultural alignment is the number one requirement I have with hiring anybody within my firm. And I've had to say no to many, many people who, because of our success, wanted to be a part of what we were building, but weren't aligned philosophically. You know, part of how we create a culture of service here is we try our very darndest to only attract people that truly want to be of selfless service to other people, that truly are uh, aligned philosophically with that mindset. And so when I'm sitting down with somebody, I'm, I'm trying, it's been harder as we've gotten successful because people read about us, they hear about us and they say, okay, I know in my interview with Jonathan, I'm going to have to be, you know, really talk, talking about how much I love other people and serve them. So, but it, it's really getting down to the core of who they are, what they're about. How do we make sure that, that they're truly committed to the mission of Kaiser. I mean, our mission is we want to change the business world through selfless service. I mean, that's a huge objective. And so one part of it is we create such intentional messaging, Jamie, that is sort of acts as a repellent for those who. It's your BS meter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it makes people that like feel like that's too squishy or whatever, soft or weak to just, kind of to, to, to not bother us, but it also acts as a magnetic pull 
for those who have been looking. I had a meeting yesterday with a guy who's been in commercial real estate brokers for 30, 30 to 35 years. And he was describing about how he was just taken advantage of on a huge deal that should have been his, that was supposed to be his and was given to somebody else because the manager really wanted this up and comer to not leave for another firm. So he took from someone who'd been a faithful soldier at that same firm for 20 years and gave it to their next generation. Mm. Um, and so it's just, you know, at the end of the day, what, what people do in business defines who they are and commercial real estate brokers know what it's like out there. So from a culture standpoint, it's like for us, it's how do we find alignment? And then every once in a while, somebody slips through the filter, Jamie, and yeah. talk a great game on the front end. And then you get in here and that's where the discipline is to make sure you remove the ones that are the bad apples. And I don't even mean bad apples like they're bad people, but they're just not a good fit culture wise. And we are very diligent about that. And some of the greatest lessons that I've learned since we launched the firm is to make sure I do those as quickly as we realize they're not a good fit because those can be poison in the organization. Do you also pass that along to your clients, your tenants? Big time. Yeah. I had a, I had a meeting this morning where they said, okay, what's the next step? And I said, well, before we go to the next step, I need to make sure that you're clear on our expectations because we're going to be pouring our lives and souls into you. We, you know, most commercial real estate brokerage organizations, the goal is, is churn, right? How many deals can you do? What's your volume? The bigger the deal, the more you make, the more deals, the more you make. And you're trying to go up that, that slope. What gets lost is customer service because it's all about, it's all about efficiency. So us, we spend three to four times the amount of time per client requirement that than many of our competitors. And so a lot of people say, Jonathan, that's the most inefficient business model I've ever heard of. Like, why would you ever do that? For us, it's because by going above and beyond for the, for the tenant, for the occupier, for the, for the organization that's already the deck is stacked against tenants because these big firms primarily represent landlords and developers. And that's, really who drives the boat. And as a result, tenants get screwed day in and day out. And so for them to have an advocate, for them to have someone who's really working for them, I want to look them in the eyes and say, and here's what we expect from you. You need to tell us the truth. I understand that you've had bad experiences in the past and your brokers have been dishonest and screwed you over, but we're not that. And for us to really serve you, we need to have radical transparency between us. And it creates a level of relationship and a bond with the right people where we can really help them and we can really affect change and save them millions and millions of dollars and make their portfolios more nimble and more strategic. And so it's, it's, it's an agreement, right? It's a joint commitment to a different kind of relationship, which is part of what makes what we, you know, our, our successes, which a lot of people think are impossible. How can we be doing this? It makes it, when you understand the level of commitment we have with our clients, it makes a radical difference. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing the story. I think it's, I think it's fascinating. And uh, uh, to be able to do what you've done in such a, as I think, as you said, cutthroat industry, um, I come from a corporate background, 12 years. Uh, and that is the very reason I left. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was very 
it's crazy, you know, it's quotas and hitting the numbers and nothing else mattered. And it was, it was terrible. So it takes the I'm, people out of it, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's like, terrible. And, I'm, and I, I want to say, if you're happy in corporate America, good great. for you, <laughs> but have good core values and, and yeah. be kind to people and, and do, do business right. And, and I think that's absolutely fine. So um, before we wrap up today, because I want to, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, how do people get in touch with you? How, how do they buy your book? Uh, how, how do they learn more about you and sure. more about Kaiser? So thank you. So ruthlessbook.com is where you can go to find out everything about the book. It'll also take you to uh, different speaking opportunities. If, if, uh, if you're looking for someone to speak on this, I do a lot of keynotes around the country on this topic. I'm doing one tomorrow in Denver. And if you'd like to learn more about the organization, right, if you're a broker out there that wants to be a part of something different, go to kaiser.com, K-E-Y-S-E-R, like it's right behind me. And um, if you're someone who wants to learn more about the Kaiser Institute, you can find that. There's, there's redirects through both of those sites, both kaiser and ruthlessbook.com, that'll get you to the Kaiser Institute um, where you can learn more about the different coursework that you can take. And we actually have a free download, lots of free resources on ruthlessbook.com. One of it is, is for anybody who's interested in how they can put this into practice in their industry, one, buy my book and I'll give you everything you need to need. That, that was part of what I wanted to do with this book too, Jamie, is not just have it be um, inspiring, which it is, but also to give people everything they need to create this culture for themselves. So that's all embedded in the book. And we also have another special thing on ruthlessbook.com, which is a self-reinvention road roadmap. And got mm. some really cool things in there. And you could just go to ruthlessbook.com, download that for free, and you'll see some other tools and resources that we are to help. Because at the end of the day, this takes a village, right? And we're looking for we're looking for people that want to join us um, in this mission of changing the business world, either by literally joining our firm and helping us launch other offices uh, or by hiring us so that we can provide you with a different real estate experience or by having the Kaiser Institute help you create this selfless culture for yourself. Freaking fantastic. <laughs> Good for you. I love that it has actual items uh, with, within the book. Yeah. So that's uh, ruthlessbook.com. Uh, cannot recommend enough going there. I'm going to put it all in the show notes as well. Thank you. Um, and and we'll we'll share the living daylights out of this. I believe in what you're doing, um, and thank you for changing uh, the business world with regards to uh, commercial real estate. I, I, I really, I know I'm being sincere about that because um, uh, I can empathize, uh, or some people might say sympathize, but I, I would empathize with you in this particular case because uh, I understand how cutthroat business can be, and it's it's no fun. It is really a joy to be on the other side. You know, most brokers are so miserable. Most clients are so tired of having to deal with their brokers. And so it, there's a desperate need for this. I think everybody kind of realizes it, but there's no, been nobody that's been brave enough to say what it's really like by the industry to be self-scathing in their indictment of their own past behavior and to show a, a clear way forward. So I feel very fortunate um, to be in this chair and we're not perfect. We make mistakes and I personally make endless mistakes, but we're very, very committed to our mission to change the industry through selfless service and 
by changing our industry, prove that it could be done in any industry. And then imagine a world, I mean, I can just see it. I can envision a world where the most talented and successful people get really at a fundamental level and act in a way that is selfless, believing that it's in their own personal best interest to do so. That's a cool world. And that's the world that I want my future generations to be a part of. And if I can even have a small part in making that a reality, I'll consider my life a success. <laughs> Good for you. Well, I consider your life a success already, but just keep Thanks. enjoying that successful journey. <laughs> is there Thanks. anything else you'd like to add before we wrap? No, I just really appreciate you and what you're doing. I mean, a lot of people don't realize the the risk and the fear and all the all the in, uncertainty and insecurities that come into play when you do what you did, which is leave corporate America and and take big, bold, fearless, massive action. So kudos to you. Thanks for having me on. If I could ever help you in any way, um, and I would love, 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 love to meet the play the play bigger guys because. We took that book to our company retreat and we built our entire company retreat two years ago around that and how we were going to create a new model. So he's been um, very instrumental in our success and I'd love the opportunity to thank him personally. Oh my gosh. We'll definitely make that happen for sure. Awesome. That's fantastic. Wow. Um, So Christopher Lockhead, get ready. I'm going to make an introduction. (laughs) I'm in. Awesome. Well, uh, Jonathan, thanks so much. Um, Bear with me one quick moment. I'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, You've been listening to a pretty cool episode of Culture Eats Strategy uh, here with Jonathan Kaiser. Um, We learned about ruthlessbook.com. Go check it out. The Kaiser Institute, there's both links going through uh, that. So please uh, go check that stuff out. Again, I'll put it all in the show notes here. Uh, My name is Jamie J. Culture Strategy. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Jonathan, a big, big shout out. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by and taking part of your busy day for us. My honor, my friend. All right. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. 